Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 121. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by forest developer James Mulcahy and online trainer Denise Gill for a discussion about what it's like to transition from being a student to figuring out the world of employment. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. How are you doing? I'm hoping we can get through this one without me doing a single cough because there is something going around Dublin at the moment. The weather has changed so much between sun, rain, hail and snow nearly at this stage. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's just a lot of coughing fits going on. Just in time for the summer barbecue as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm just coming over. I hope I don't, I hope you don't give it to me. That would be be a stinger. Anyways, this topic, I am very excited to get into this. It all came from a blog. Yeah, exactly. It comes from James Mulcahy and it essentially explores the life of a student moving into employment. So James is only with us less than a year, I'd say at this stage. Well, he'll tell us a bit more about that. But he did this really cool blog of his transition from college to employment, which is something that we've never really covered. And we're aware that like a lot of the information we provide here are for salon owners. But we kind of thought it would be nice to maybe take a step back in time and kind of relive how we all found that transition going from student to employment because it is a bit of a scary experience. Like you're studying for four years or however long your course is, and you learn so much about the career that you're going to embark on, but yet you don't really learn anything about how to how to get that job. Yeah, true. And also like you can have so many different paths, like you're saying college, but like some people don't even end up going to college and, you know, you end up working with people from completely different backgrounds and that's the beauty of it. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting anyways. Okay, well, look, we've already brought up the blog and I think there's probably two no better people to discuss their career paths than James and Denise. Denise actually comes from the industry as well. So welcome to the show, guys. Hi, how are you? Hey, thanks for having us. Guys, being as it's both your first time on the show, why don't you share a bit of an overview, kind of a little bit into your backgrounds and how you got to Forest? James, you want to go first? Yeah, sure, no problem. So I am a graduate software developer, so I joined Forest straight out of college. Um, I've been working for Forest now for about seven months, and I'm also a mobile developer. So that means that I do all my development just on the mobile app. So my goal is to redo the whole branded app and the branded app is an app that the salon owner owns and gives to their clients to download and then their clients use it for appointments and booking online and changing their appointments. Quite impressive James. Um, So I started off in the beauty industry. I am a fully qualified iTech, SibTech and Sodesco therapist and I was in the industry for nine to ten years And after that, I suffered an injury, but I had already, you know, transitioned that I wanted to change into something a little bit different. And it was in and around that time that I got working with Forest. So at the moment, what I do is I am an online software trainer. So after the onboarding process, what I do is I train all the salon um, owners and their staff in all different parts of the system, just to make sure that they're able to grow their business from the inside out. This is exactly what I was saying at the beginning of the episode, you know, when I was saying like different backgrounds and how interesting it was that we all end up working together. Were you both passionate about what you're currently doing starting from a young age? 
Yeah, I guess it did. Um, when I was about 15, I built my own computer uh, oh. just because I, re- I really, <laughs> I mean, it, it does sound more impressive than it is. Like the pieces kind of fit together like Lego blocks, um, but it's, it's a lot cheaper to build your own. And having done that, I knew that I just wanted to do something with computers for kind of the rest of my life. Uh, and then I also, also had a deep interest in maths, even though you don't need maths for uh, computer science or coding, but it helps because it's about problem solving. So put those two things together. And yeah, I, I knew that I wanted to do computer science in college and then go on and be a software developer. You were destined. Yeah, chosen from a young age. And what about you, Dee? Were you destined from a young age to be a beauty therapist? Um, no, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I actually, for my leaving cert, I ended up getting into bioanalytical science. And I decided to take a year out and decide, you know, did I want to go ahead with that? I was only 17 at the time. And it actually was by chance that a friend of mine was doing the course and she was saying, you know, it's really fun. It's really um, for somebody that is creative and likes to, you know, deal with people on a daily basis. So I decided to go in and do the course for one year. And I ended up loving it and doing a second year as well. Um, and I've, I was at that ever since then. And it's something that I really had a passion for, um, helping people. And you can be so creative. And it is that type of job that if, you know, you're in it for the passion, you're not in it for the hours <laughs> or the pay. It's something that you really strive to give good customer service. So um, I loved it any day in the salon. I did love it. Um, and it was just a shame that I did injure myself. But I do think that it was time for me to move on from being in the salon to venture into something else. And look at us, all of us here in Forest today, yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah. of years later. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> it is interesting, though, the different career paths, like James pretty much knew from, well, I'm going to say young enough age, 15 still young, we're all still young here. Um, what you wanted to do, D, yours kind of came off the back of a recommendation from a friend. Yeah. Um, I know me and Zoe, we've actually, the roles we're in today are not what we anticipated that we were doing even before college, let alone during college. And actually, even after college, I'm still pretty kind of far away from where I expected to be, which goes to show like how many times you change when you're in school. There's a lot of pressure to need to know what you want to do, what your career path is going to be. But it just changes so much. Like Zoe, you've had a mad switch. Yeah. So there's a thing in Quebec that is called CGIP and it's not college, but it's like a pre-college course, I suppose. You have like a two-year pre-college. So I was, uh, I got out of high school and I did that and I had no idea what I wanted to go into. So I took the hardest course (laughs) and uh, figured that, you know, if I had good grades, I could get into whatever I wanted in college after. And I ended up switching course in like midway through uh, CGIP and finished off in social studies. After that, I actually realized that I still didn't know what I wanted to go into for college. So I um, took a step back and a friend recommended, you know, I was always into music and I played instruments and stuff. So a friend recommended, why don't you go and check out this school that I did? And it was called Music Technique and it was um, a sound recording school. So I ended up doing that and it's a one year trade school. So I actually ended up never going to college and I did that one year trade school 
graduated and got onto the the market, I suppose, in the industry uh, straight after it, about three months later. So I was like 20 or 21 at the time. And I worked in a recording studio for five years as a sound tech. And um, loads of things happened the last year of my employment there. And I decided to make the big move to Ireland. And that's how I kind of landed in Forest. Like I didn't know about the company initially or anything. And I was uh, looking for a job. And because we were working with advertising companies and agencies uh, in the sound recording studio, and I knew that I was good at writing, I just figured I could probably pull off a, a role in marketing uh, especially anything that had to do with writing content. And uh, here I am working <laughs> in Forest on the marketing team, and it's been a little over three years now. So yeah, it's just, it's mad. Never imagined I would ever make that kind of switch, like an entirely different industry. So guys, how did you stand kind of making that transition from college to career? How did you land your first career job? James, was Forest your first one, or did you do something in between college and Forest? Yeah, no. So I kind of knew in college that I needed to do some sort of relevant work experience just to get an idea of like what I was studying and what was relevant and not. So uh, when I finished second year, because my course is four years, I was like, okay, this is a time like this is a summer to try and look for some internships. And uh, I threw my CV at about like 100 companies. And uh, almost all of them rejected me because I didn't I only had like the year and a half of my college. So it wasn't much. But eventually I did land a job at this company called Ding, which is a telecommunication company. And what they do is they send mobile top ups in emerging markets. So the idea is that if the family is split up, let's say the father works in India and the family live in Saudi Arabia, the father can send money back to the family through top-ups through the service that Ding provide. So I joined there and like when I joined there, it completely opened my eyes to one, what real work is like and two, <laughs> what was relevant and what wasn't. And I realized a lot of what I was studying was not actually relevant to what I would be doing when I finished college. So it was super beneficial for me because it just completely changed my focus and my approach to college. Like, for example, some of the subjects I studied, which would be about like team organization, people skills, uh, how you actually go about developing a project, which people would kind of yawn at and say, oh, that's pretty boring. Actually turned out to be the most relevant of all of them, more relevant than the coding, like understanding how you communicate with your team and how you divide up work. So. Yeah, no, working was a complete game changer for me. When I went back to college, I was like way more focused and way more driven. I can definitely feel that. Dee, did your course set you up for your path? Um, at the time, you know, you're talking about when it was 2008 and the recession had just hit. So the hair and beauty industry was hit pretty hard. And I was lucky in the fact that I got a job and it was only as a spa assistant in a five-star spa down near us and they actually had to wait um, for my college results if I passed then I would move on to be a junior therapist um, which I did and I was actually very lucky some friends that did the same course couldn't get work for four or five years but the industry itself has changed so much in the past 10 years because Back in 2008, there was no cosmetics, there was no aesthetics, things like that. But as my career went on, every job that I got, it was something more advanced, something more that I could learn. 
And in the last clinic that I worked in, they were extremely medical driven with all their treatments and their services. And I loved it. But what I spent most of my day doing was laser hair removal. And I was really into all the machines and wanting to know how to fix it. And I was always really inquisitive in computers. And I had applied for Forest. Um a few months prior to my injury and I always thought it was amazing with Forest Values and just the company that they were trying to bring a two completely opposite businesses together so you know for hair and beauty that is was always seen as something alone and not very technologically driven whereas Forest was actually trying to change all of that so now you have this software that is run by people who are in the industry, people that have worked in the industry. So there's more of an insight and a connection to the salons. So that's what I loved. And then when I got the job here, I've been here now about a year and a half. And even now as a business, we just seem to be more involved and more connected with our clients than ever since going into the US market, the Australian market. And it seems that, you know, we are industry leaders now coming towards our you know industry leaders in what we do so I do think that the line between technology and beauty has now blurred into one so I'm actually loving it at the moment so you've got a mix of both before you even came here <laughs> exactly yeah. the best of world yeah destined for forest <laughs> <laughs> so guys we often talk about like what to look for in a candidate especially say like if I look at the blog or you know even past interviews on forest fm we talk to salon owners and you know we ask them what are you looking for in a candidate how can a candidate present themselves in a, the best of their light but to be honest the question never really gets flipped to what should a candidate look for in a company? I suppose it's just a discussion, right? No right or wrong answers. But what were you guys looking for in an employer? We all ended up in Forest. So clearly, Forest had somewhat of a proposition that was interesting to us. Like, what were you guys looking for? Yeah, so th- there's something I was thinking about when I was actually applying for jobs, because I was trying to figure out like what company would be a good fit for me. And I think what it boils down to is, especially early in my career, I realized like which I am now, I realized that experience is the most important thing. So I want to be in a place where I can get access to a lot of different technologies, a lot of different experiences and work with a lot of experienced people, very knowledgeable people. And so I saw that maybe in a smaller company, um, I would have more opportunities like that because they would probably give me more responsibilities. And so I did interview for a lot of companies and I ultimately decided to join Fire for that reason, because when I came here and I talked to the other developers during my interviews, I realized that, oh, like this is a company where I'll be valued and I'll actually get really good experience working with very knowledgeable people. Um, and when you work for bigger companies, like I thought about working for, let's say, someone like Google or Facebook. But the problem is those companies, especially early on in your career, can be so big that you kind of get lost and your experience and the work you do just kind of gets forgotten about. And you kind of almost just become like just another number in that company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when I was looking in and around for a different type of work, the main thing that brought me to Forest was the fact that I had used it 
um, in multiple salons that I had worked. So I was familiar with it. And from making a change to going to work in an office from a salon can be quite scary. And it was more the fact that it was um, familiar for me. But as well as that, reading through the values, um, going through all the different jobs, Forrest had what their values were as a company, which a lot of other different companies didn't have on job sites. You know, Forrest was more focused on the client, which I think coming from the industry, that's what everybody focuses on is the client. And it just had you know, more information about that anybody can do anything in the company, cross promotion, we promote from within. And just the main reason about giving 100% and five star customer service, that's what I was looking for. Plus, as well, the familiarity of it, I knew I had, you know, a little bit of knowledge that I wasn't going in somewhere where I didn't know what I was doing at all. Two really good points there. You both mentioned kind of that experience and the chance to kind of move around. That's some really positive feedback that we got from the 30 Days to Grow Challenge was that salon owners realized their staff members were actually good in other areas. They were able to kind of display the retail, um, the marketing, social media. So even though they were taken on to be a hairstylist or to be a beautician, they found internal skills that could help grow the business in general and that's something you both mentioned craving here so like you you're both millennials as well Mm -hmm. which kind of relates to a lot of the people that we have been talking to is you're craving experience you want someone where you can do more than just your job more than just you're taking on to do and know that you can actually make an impact in the business yeah it's that whole like purpose thing and you had a killian you yourself coming into forest you thought it was very interesting because of the contact with small businesses actually yeah, like I, I didn't know what I was doing after college. I think I was, I did digital media design, which was basically a jack of all trades. I did development. I did like HTML, product design, UX, UI, video editing, did everything like that. Um, loads, like I could understand loads of different skills that we have internally here, but no way could I do most of them. So finished off college, still didn't know what I wanted to do. Ended up doing freelance social media did an internship with um, a startup software company and I set up my own video production company. And that's when I got my first real job then, what, like six months after college with after building that portfolio. But it was doing, it was setting up the digital marketing sector for a B2B business. And I thought, oh, brilliant. This is my big break. I'm going to make a big impact here. But I kind of re- realized very soon after that I did not want to market to businesses in the sense of, you're marketing to big businesses, like I'm talking banks, credit unions. It's these big sort of corporate entities. And that's where I kind of came across Forest End by chance. And the first thing from my first interview that appealed to me that made me really want the job, I didn't think I wanted it at first until my first interview. And it was that it's B2B, but really it's talking to people. That's what really drove me to Forest. that every day in here, you're not talking to a business, you're talking to individuals. And it's great to be able to just call up a salon owner and just chat to them, see how everything's going out of nowhere. Like you, you couldn't do that in typical B2B where you're dealing with corporates. And it comes back to that. You're not just another cog in the wheel uh, per se. Um, so yeah, that was the big driving force for me. And I have to say, I've never looked anywhere since. It was the real kind of selling point. 
You you mentioned a portfolio there and you made me think about like when I got out of that trade school, we had to build a portfolio as well. And we were like really strongly encouraged to, you know, find, well, they helped us as well, find like little gigs on the side throughout our school year. Um, So I did a bit of live, I did like studio recording stuff. So at the end of the year, I had to like actually present to the director of the school, the portfolio and kind of like apply for a job kind of simulation thing. I realized after that, like when I went to the interview for my actual job, it was completely different. How, how did you guys find like the transition in that sense? I definitely was not prepared. <laughs> I was lucky enough to find a place to, to uh, grow, but realistically, so much harder than I thought it would be. Oh man, I completely relate to that. Yeah, I, I was the exact same. Like when I left college, I had a good degree and I, I had good results as well. So I was like, this is just going to be a slam dunk. I'm just going to walk in and <laughs> I was going to walk in and then it's going to be like, please join us, please, James. Um, yeah, no, I had the exact same problem. We were never taught anything about the interview process, and especially for a developer. Like, it's quite intense. You have like an initial phone screening, and then you have a tech interview where they just make sure you're not lying about all your technical skills. And then you have another interview with HR, and then you have a follow up interview where they might offer you a job. So it's like four interviews per company, and then you might not even get a job. So I was completely in the same boat as you in that way. They never prepared us for any of that. And I ended up having to buy books on like practicing for the coding interview because even that portion of the interview is completely different to anything you'd actually work on when you join. So I ended up actually writing another article after this one about landing your first software developer job because there is so much that no one ever tells you about. And like even just how to market yourself as a person to a company, like you need to be able to understand the company and understand what the values are of the company are and how you can add value to a company. All these things were like never taught to us in college. The only thing that was taught to us is like how to write good code. Yeah, I agree. Like in college you're like, oh you're really good at this and you have your certificate. But When you're going for a job in the hair or beauty industry, it is completely different depending on what salon you're going to, what spa, what clinic. So from some of my experiences, you would go in, you would talk to the owner and then the owner would be like, right, that's great. So I want you to paint my nails. I need a facial and I want a full skin consultation and I want you to wax my legs. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And you're there and you're like, well, 18 at the time, you're shaking, there's wax everywhere, there's polish everywhere. And then if they agree to bring you back, it is just judging, um, working with all the other members of staff. And then they say to the owner, she would fit in here. I think, you know, she's not for here. So you have your initial interview with the owner or the manager. You're brought for a full day to work unpaid And then at the end of that day, they make a decision whether or not they would like to keep you on if they think that you would be good for your business. And you may get a phone call to say, yeah, we'll let you start or, you know, it didn't work out. So thank you for applying. So you could have just worked an entire day for free. So it's a lot different than a normal industry. And it's quite overwhelming as well, Um, especially for someone straight out of college that really wants a job. Um, but as you go on, you do get a little bit more confident in it, but still it's never really, you know, what you expect going in at all. I think the best like real world experience 
example I got for an interview was definitely a reality check. Um, I was still in college, so because I was doing a design course, they taught you about building portfolios and stuff like that. But when I was younger, I always had this obsession with joining the army, which is a bit of a little unknown fact about me, but I uh, <laughs> always wanted to be in the army. So there was the cadetships came up to be in the Air Corps, which would have meant if you passed, you would go on to train as a pilot. And I think the year I went for 800 people applied for five positions. And part of that was an interview round. And it was the toughest interview I have ever done in my life. And I think because of that, I've always found every interview since quite easy. (laughs) (laughs) Blessing in disguise. (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable. Like you're stuck in this small room. It was really hot. They didn't have any of the windows open. You'd one small glass of water beside you. And you were sitting in the middle and it was five people on the panel. Three of them were officers. One was um, a military psychologist and one was a plainclothes psychologist. And I mean, question after question after question. It was like being up against a firing round. <laughs> and like I choked, I choked so many times. I came out there after nearly two hours. My shirt was soaked and I passed it. <laughs> like, I don't know how, but I passed it and um, failed on the psychometric exam after. But since then, I just kind of realized like, be absolutely humble where before everyone was like you have to really big up yourself you have to say how basically how great you are at this and you can do this this and that after that interview I realized just be humble because the minute you say one thing they dig and dig and dig into that until they catch you because they just want to see how you perform under pressure so I think with every interview ever since I've just been so humble and I suppose kind of downplayed it. (laughs) (laughs) I recall like people in my 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 year in sound recording school people just felt entitled like I've paid twenty thousand dollars to study this one year of school so now I'm entitled to have a job after this and it's like no you have zero work experience you need to learn and and it takes time you know so my question is I guess would you guys have any recommendations or tips for anyone listening to this episode who's not a salon owner who perhaps is a student uh, looking to find their path into today's workforce and not quite sure how to navigate it I think you just need to do, at least in my case, I just needed to do a lot of interviews. Um, I know like I perform well when I know what I'm doing. So the only way to get better at interviews for me was just to do a lot of interviews and really understand what are my good qualities and what are my bad qualities and rehearse questions as well. Like a question that I always got was like, which is an awful question to ask anyone is like, why should I give you this job? Which is just like, okay, here we go. And uh, you just have to say like why you think you'd be good for the company, but it's really about, and I didn't learn this until later. It's really about linking yourself to the company because an interviewer, it's, I think it's going to be similar for like when you said you were doing that, um, day, just day training and all the other people were looking at you and seeing if you would blend with the company. It's the same thing in an interview. Like an interviewer is looking to see, will this person work well with the team I already have? Because I'm trying to create a culture in this company and this person needs to fit into this company culture. So if you can try identify that culture or at least some aspects of it, that is going to be so beneficial because you can take that into the interview with you and show like, here, I'm qualified, but also I'm a good fit. Like I will help add value to this company. So I think those are things I didn't know. And now that I know, I think it makes interviewing a bit easier for me because you just look up what is a company about, what are the values of that company and how do I align myself with that company? 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with James just to research the company before you actually go in. You will always get those questions like, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, (laughs) And the best thing even with that question is just to be honest and just say, you know, I can't see that far ahead. Things could change instead of saying, oh, you know, I want to be with this company in five years. Um, Other things is just to make sure that you take your time and just, you know, try and relax as much as possible and just be genuine. Don't try to be this fake person in the interview, because if you get hired and you start and you're completely different, then you know, that's where you could run into trouble as well. Just be yourself. And if the company thinks you're a good fit, you're a good fit. If you're not a good fit for that company, you'll be a good fit for a different company. Yeah, definitely. And I think just to piggyback off that, if you do get rejected, like try not to, although it's hard, try not to take it personally and do try ask for feedback because the most important thing is just to learn from your interviews. Like not every interview is going to go well, but you can learn from interviews so that future interviews go way better. So although some companies are bad about giving feedback, like try ask for it because it's so helpful for future endeavors. Well, they always say like that if you go for an interview for the same role that you're in now and they ask you questions that you can't answer, then that's kind of realization going, oh, I need to work more on that area. Actually, I need to find out more about that to develop your current role. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the show. We hope that anyone who's looking at going from college or an internship, apprenticeship, Anyone who's looking to take the first steps to move into their future career has taken some good notes from this and hopefully everything goes plain sailing for them in their first interview or their 10th interview because the first nine are just experience. Exactly, exactly. And if anyone from the industry currently working in a specific role that you didn't imagine you'd be in one day and you want to share your story, uh, do email us at forestfm at forest.com. We're always looking for new stories to share on the podcast. So yeah, please do get in touch if you have anything that you'd be interested in sharing with us. Great stuff, guys. And James, I know you're flying off now because you've got your team day out in an adventure room. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> you're going to smack it, James. Yeah. You're going to smash it. <laughs> I'm going to have to play down my competitive nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy and have a great day, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks. So that was James and Dee talking about their experiences going from student to career. And what I found really interesting was, well, a couple of things. First off, we've never really actually discussed our kind of backgrounds. And it's the first time we've properly been in, like nearly interviewing each other on the show, um, asking each other questions, which was a weird feeling. But even though all four of us came from all different backgrounds, we all still shared the exact same feelings on that experience moving from either internship, apprenticeship to college, right up until your career, how you got that career, what prep you had before that and how it went for you. And what I kind of found funny was people talk about millennials and how they want to be involved. They want to know that if whatever company they're going to work for, that they're going to make an impact. They're not just part of a big, big team Uh, like a large enterprise that they're going to be in a small team that they can learn as much as they can from. 
And all four of us agreed on that here today. And that's something that we've discussed recently on the episode with the 30 Days to Grow recap, where Emma Simmons turned around and said that her staff, she actually realized skill sets they had to help grow her business outside of their individual careers. So they went on to do the marketing side, the social media side, which all helped grow her salon. And it just goes to show that this is a recurring theme. That's what makes the beauty of a workplace. It's being with different people with different backgrounds and experiences that you can learn from and grow and develop your own skill sets. And yeah, I I mean, if I just look at my background, I wouldn't do anything different today. Uh, yeah, the switch was massive. And yeah, it was a huge learning curve, but I've been so well surrounded. It's just, there's a learning opportunity in everything and you just have to recognize it. Yeah, I was reading a thing a, a few days ago and I, I'm not going to be able to quote it at all because it was something that kind of stood out to me, but I don't remember where I got it from. It could have been from Shane Parrish, Far Farnham Street, where you shouldn't be so focused on just your career and what skills you need to do your career. You should always be taking bits and pieces from other careers around you. So the people you work with, even though you're working on different job roles, you should still learn a bit from each other because that really like, opens up your career down. It opens you up to newer, bigger and better opportunities. You're not funneling yourself down one, one path. And also not everyone is in competition with each other. Like loads of people, if you just take the time to ask, they'll be more than happy to share what they know with you and help you develop that skill if you want to actually develop it. Yeah, like I think a good example is like I do content in the education department, but I've worked with our head of product and stuff like that on getting systems in and learned new work methods like agile strategies, um, wireframing. It's just those little things where I would have thought, oh, I don't need to know that. But by working with a developer, I've learned that. And now that's part of my everyday work. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So listen, before we wrap up the show, I believe you wanted to talk about Forced Academy, which is your one-stop education shop. Yeah, exactly. So we've been talking about this for a while now. It's an online portal and it means you can now do self-taught learning instead of just doing live online training with an instructor. You can learn at your own rate. So what can you expect from the Forest Academy? You'll have interactive online and on-demand training guides. It's all bite-sized content. So it's stuff that you could dip in and out of. You're not talking about sitting down and investing an hour's worth of time into doing a, a course. You can jump in and do like a five-minute bite-sized course, but then there's a series of courses that kind of accumulate into one big course or what we call a learning path. There's a library of regularly added and updated courses. So a lot of them there at the moment are kind of forest courses. So like product courses, how to use different parts of the product. We have interactive forest systems. So if you're new to the salon, so off of the back of this, if you're brand new day one in the salon and you've never looked at forest, you can do these online courses and use the demo versions of forest. So you don't have to worry about breaking anything or messing up any appointments on screen. And then finally, which is the big one that I love talking about, is the Forest Academy certificate. So every time you complete a course, you get a certificate that you can frame up on your wall to say you're forest certified. 
We also have the Salon Management course, which you can sign up for. It's a six-week program hosted by business strategist Valerie Delforge, and it's designed to help develop your managerial and leadership skills. So if you're uh, looking into doing that, you can sign up with the link in the episode's notes. And how it works is that each week you'll receive by email an hour-long presentation that you can watch, obviously, in your own time, along with a workbook that will help you put those new ideas and plans into place. So although the course is powered by Forest Salon Software, you don't actually need salon software to take part. Uh, it is free. The entire course is hosted online. And so yeah, anyone with a laptop and an internet connection can sign up. Like I said, the link is going to be in this episode's notes. Finally, the Salon Mentorship Hub. So whatever you're struggling with in the salon, if you feel stuck and you want to have a chat about, you know, anything customer service related, social media, finance, whatever it is, we've teamed up with industry coaches and consultants. So if you head over to salonmentors.forest.com, you can book yourself in for a free 15 to 30 minute consultation on the topic of your choosing. There are loads of coaches working with us on the Salon Mentorship Hub. I encourage you to have a look at the website, like I said, salonmentors.forest.com or click the link in the episode's notes. And well, that's all we got for this week, guys. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode, have a story about your path you want to share or have any suggestions at all, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday for the monthly roundup. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.